What's going on, everybody? Uh, I am a guest here on this said podcast, and the name of this podcast is 30 Plus Late. All right. And this is episode, episode what, two, three? Three. Three. Yeah, uh, I'm still a guest, so excuse the mistakes. Um, I'm here with uh, Crystal. I am Mark Anthony, and we have yeah, Mr. Wendell here with us today and the subject that we're going to be speaking on is anxiety hopefully we can relate to a lot of people you know find some tips that's going to help a lot of people out or you know at least something that's out there to consider anybody want to begin on the subject i'll go ahead and go first and what you got all right everybody uh crystal charlotte here and um First and foremost, I have recently started back up my therapy and um, have been diagnosed with severe uh, depressive anxiety disorder as well as PTSD. Um, So as far as my anxiety is concerned, I worry a lot and... um, I think I worry about little things as well. Um, I can worry. I can worry about something small happening at my job to, you know, if I'm about to have a major health scare or something like that. So when you consider something small, like give it an example, what you what you would typically consider small, because anything as far as a health scare, I wouldn't say that's really small. I would say that's probably a factor okay. that comes into. Uh, I well, I said for for something small, it's something happening in my job to something as large as a health scare. Right. Like, okay, so, so something small to me would be like. Um, If you were in high school and you worried about a test or something like that, that can cause a small amount of anxiety. Or um, if you if you're at work and um, you messed up on a sale or something like that, and you have to scramble to fix it, and you don't necessarily want to want to get your boss or anybody else involved. I'm sorry for those. Uh to interrupt you uh crystal uh for those who can possibly hear this because i know i can we're not making macaroni and cheese over here <laughs> we have a pet on the premises so i'm sorry for those who are hearing these sounds that's lobbing down this water back here um so window uh, as far as any experiences uh that you have with anxiety what you got for us like is it big small or well my anxiety comes with with uh family so if my family's not doing good, I, I, ultimately, I already worry. I just worry. Even I though, relate to that. Even though it's not my problem because mm-hmm. they all are adults. Mm-hmm. But if something's wrong with them, I get anxiety. And you love I your wanna, family. I will love my family and I'm going to fix it because I'm all right. So they're supposed to be all right too. So that's my anxiety. And, and I have another, uh, my other anxiety is like being alone. But I love being alone. So you're... You're basically an introverted extrovert. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love being alone, but I hate being alone. 
I think I can get that too. There's times like, or especially dealing with the day. isolation can, can cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean to a degree. Yeah. Uh, it all depends on. Uh, I would say that it depends on the person or what it is that you're doing with that alone time. Um, so with me, like after dealing with the entire day, depending on the type of day that I have, you know, it, it'll kind of determine whether I really feel like I can handle being around somebody or not. Because the type of anxieties that I deal with now, I've, I've dealt with several different types of anxieties before, but what I'm dealing with the most is social anxiety. And of course, it's not the typical, oh, well, I'm socially awkward and everything like that. It's literally, I deal with social anxieties because of, ever since the pandemic, and this is just a hypothesis that I have, People who have gotten socially awkward themselves, they don't know how to communicate and deal with people nowadays since they've been shut off themselves. Mm-hmm. It kind of immobilized them socially. Right. So, but then there's just general assholes out there anyway that you will encounter, especially at work. So, um, me, I, I discovered over time that I'm an empath. So I can kind of feel the vibrations of other people with without will. That I'm an empath as well. It works well. It worked well when I was a bouncer. Mm-hmm. Now, now being being a bouncer is, is a part of my anxiety too. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing what people do while they're drunk and I'm sober, and you know, and you have to like that ain't right. <laughs> that is just not right. Yeah. So I have social anxiety. For that, I'm like, I just can't do the same things that people do. Like when I go, I, like I can't, I have a hard time going out to bars because I feel like Batman looking at everybody, just looking at them. Like, like what are you doing? I, I've had <laughs> I can't ex- turn the bouncer off. I've had an experience like that as well because when I was spending time with her for her birthday, um, literally there was a time like, so it for one, it takes a very long time for me to get a buzz very long time and so I think it was just one of those moments where the adrenaline began to kick in so when adrenaline kicks in of course for adrenaline to kick in for me I have to be in a vulnerable state period so I think that's when of course the drink started to kick in a little bit but also the instinct began to kick in and so Crystal was just like looking at me she was like are you okay and I was just like you know, I was breathing heavy. I was staring out of space. I was like super focused in one spot. And I was just like, yeah, we got to get out of here because something's not right. There was a vibration that I was feeling like somebody, it just so, seemed like there was somebody's attention. Off. Yeah, someone's something's somewhere. Off. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, we got to get out of here because somebody's going to get hurt. Whether it's going to come from whoever has this negative attention here or if it's going to come from me. Because mm-hmm. if I kick in with instincts, I'm skilled to do other particular things that really are not too friendly for the <laughs> normal <laughs> human world. So it was just like, yeah, we got to get out of here, man. And, you know, even to a point, the bartenders began to notice, it was like, yeah, what's going on with them? And it was like, after a while, I, I even felt embarrassed that it even happened because usually I typically, I'm able to, I wouldn't say I've mastered stuff like that yet, but I've gotten better at hiding it a little more. And so it just came out and she was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, are, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, we just got to go. Because also what came to mind was just like, if 
I'm if I end up getting drunk or whatever, or whatever happens here at a bar, because anything can happen at a bar, especially with everybody getting lit. I can handle myself. But the thing is now I'm with somebody who might not be able to. So now I gotta make sure she gets back home. And she's been drinking as well. So it's just like, you know what? Now it's not just me here. I've already felt this bad vibration that got me a high alert, but now I got her with me. And despite the sense of tingling, yeah, she, yeah, she don't like, she doesn't like conflict and whatever. And she'll probably like, I don't know, like whatever it is, she just has to get out of this dodge because if shit goes flying, I'm with it, but she isn't. So it was just like, yeah, man, I gotta get my friend back home, you know, and it, it, it just wasn't time for it because it was, at the drop of a hat, it was just gonna be just like that. And that's what comes with my social anxiety sometimes is now it used to be. It still does, but now a higher percentage of aggression has built up with it because now nootropically I've developed that from dealing with all types of people who basically just want to give a whole lot of push, you know, just want to bring continue to continuously bring a negativity to the table, you know. So naturally, I would try to find the way out of being positive like hey you know this this and this especially at work try to stay professional but at the same time i've dealt with not just at work but with people in general relationships um family relations all that oh my mic went out okay um dealing with family relations it i dealt with a lot of people that just took advantage of me trying to be passive now it's just like enough. It's enough. Now it's just enough. Like, it, it overflows. <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, and it's just like now. I, and the thing is, like, if I wanted to, there's time just slips out because it's just like, bro, like, it's it's second nature. It's it's now it's now a reflex. So I have a lot of um, aggression that'll come. I, sometimes I, I don't even like to call it aggression, but right now. Um, I can see why people can mistake it for aggression. And I try to tell people sometimes, don't make a mistake in my passion for aggression. So, and there's times, like, if I'm telling you something, it might seem aggressive, but I'm being passionate about what it, it is that I'm telling you. I, people like to use aggressive, aggressive. I like to use poise. Mm. I'm, I'm, uh, the person is poised, not not aggressive. They're, they're, they're strong in their stance, you know? Um, mm. It's not aggressive. Yeah, and that's how I, I picture myself. I'm ten toes down with everything now. Like every single time, I, if I'm having a conversation, argument, whatever, I'm picturing myself in a battlefield, literally standing alone, ten toes down. And it's either you're gonna waver with the wind or you're not. And there's a lot of people that just like they're gonna gaslight you. Gaslighting is also a key word that I've also picked up. Gaslighting, which is one of the most fucked up things that you've ever experienced. And for those who don't know what gaslighting is, to put it in the simplest form, is for people who basically minimize what it is that you are expressing, and they are the re or they are the cause of it, and or if they notice how dire it is, but they make it very minuscule of what it is that you're experiencing. Yeah, it it's a uh, narcissistic. Um, uh, Can't with him went off. It's a weird thinking. <laughs> Everything's you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find that that's a narcissist a lot. Um, 
redlining. So with yeah, that definitely is. A, um, well, I don't know if it's. I I mean I can see it. It's it has tendencies of narcissism, but I'm not even sure if everybody realizes that they do it because like what they experience it's a normal for them so they don't even know that it's literally there's a term for it there there's a definition to what it is that they're doing they're just like yo this is normal you know i i got through it and so can you type of thing and then that's where the toxicity comes from the whole domino effect you know what i'm saying like what one person experience you put on to them they're gonna pass it on you know and that's so literally not- I've done it. You can do it. Yeah, that's where toxicity comes mm-hmm. from. You know, it literally it just spreads. So, one. Oh my Lord, he just farted. <laughs> <laughs> pets are no good for you sometimes. Oh. But so, um, you want to pay attention to what it is that you're doing with other people because <laughs> there, there is like. Um, there's impressions you can put on the people. We're all impressionable. It's not just kids. We still take in what goes on with us. If it happens enough, or even sometimes one time, because there's a trauma that could be experienced that people will take with them and they're gonna put on to other people. This dude smells like a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you always wanna be careful what you pass on to other people. But two, like gaslighting is the worst thing. And if you realize that you're gaslighting, like fucking stop it or else there's going to be a spirit that's going to go ahead and tie the hair to your ass, to your head and kick you down the hill because you deserve the shit. <laughs> so I want to touch on the uh, social anxiety as well. Um, and I'll give a perfect example. Um, in, two, in 2010 my father had passed away so I was really hit with a wave of grief and depression and anxiety and um, it affected me so much to the point where I and I didn't even realize this until I had talked about it in the therapy section with my therapist the fact that I was so into my grief and my everything that was going on with my family that um, it was a certain point where I had decided to stop going to school and I was I was in my senior year I was at the point where I didn't have that many credits left I could have graduated but I was so over (laughs) everything that was going on in my school from, you know, the fights and the drama and everything was so repetitive and ridiculous to me at that point. And I really didn't have no reason to... I didn't have no motivation to go to school. I didn't have any reason to go other than the fact that I did want to graduate, but I couldn't push myself to that point. And then it's not like I had friends 
at that point, you know, I had associates, but most of the people I associated with were friends with my sisters, and they were a part of the problem. You know, like nobody was, and I and I know it sounds contradictory and it sounds hypocritical to say that people weren't progressing past a certain point because I myself was stuck at a certain point. I wasn't progressing, but I just looked around me and I got tired of seeing what I thought was the same routine being repeated every day. So you would say typically it was just a a bland routine that gives you a lack of motivation to get through all that? Yeah, typically, you know, when they say going through the motions is a real thing because you get up, you you wash your face, you brush your teeth, and when you look in the mirror, you really don't have any real motivation to per- do anything other than I got to go to school or I got to go to work for no other reason than I got to pay the bills or it's just simply because you have to. Right. I, I you don't have any real joy to do anything. Right. And that's a major part of depression that I'm going to talk about in another segment, but anxiety plays a real big part in that because you know that you're supposed to be doing better. You know that you're not supposed to be you know, basically halting your life because you realize at a certain point in time, you realize that you, you, you know, something is wrong mentally, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever the case may be, but the fact that you, you realize that you're not happy or you don't have many joyful moments or, just simply waking up requires so much energy because you don't have the energy to expend to get you through the day. Right. You know, and your day is nothing gonna is nothing it's not gonna be nothing but the same repetitive right. routine. And the day your day is not for you. Yes, yeah, and that's a, some that's something that I experience right now. You know, a lot of my day is uh be, because I have responsibilities and obligations within my household, I'm catered to other people. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Bad thing. A routine kind of helps you learn your boundaries, learn your, um, learn where you are stuck at. So right now, I'm stuck in the simple fact that. I know I'm articulate, I'm I'm intelligent, and I know that I could be doing more with my time, with my creativity. So I'm going to go back to school. And that's something that even though it gives me anxiety because I am worried about the future as far as, you know, um, financial aid, student loans, student debt. All of that stuff is going to be a very real thing that I'm have I'm going to have to consider in the very near future, and um, it's a make or break type of reality because a lot of people will look at suit and debt or financial aid and be like, it's not really worth it. 
because you're going to get this money or a certain amount of money to pay for whatever you need to pay for for school. But then you're going to have to spend a certain amount of years paying it back. And it's like, what are you really going to school for at the end of the day? Yes, you're going to better yourself. You're going to get a further your education and all of these different goals and aspirations that you might have. You know, in Goodwill Hunting, um, and I, I'm probably going to reference a lot of movies throughout these segments one day. In Goodwill Hunting, uh, Brad Pitt's, I mean, damn. I didn't totally mix up the genre, the movies. Uh, Matt Damon's character, Will, he had said to um, the dude that they had gotten to it with, he said, you could have got, you spent so much money on the education, you could have got for $1.50 at the public library. Which is the God honest truth. We have public libraries for a reason. All of these history books, textbooks, and it's free education that you could have access to and that line always stuck out to me because instead of going to school and getting into student debt and racking thousands and thousands of dollars that it's going to take me years and years and years to pay back I could go to the library what what typically when it comes to certain what schools and and this is a little bit what I've realized myself um, as a student currently right now, what you're typically paying for sometime, or at least majority of the time, is the algorithm that somebody else builds for you. You're, you're basically paying for their time. Mm-hmm. Because, honestly, yes, you can go get this same type of knowledge elsewhere if you know where to look and you know where to pinpoint it. But you're basically paying for them to do that for you. You're basically pinpointing certain particular things um, for it to be taught to you. And also you're going based off of their algorithm, the formula that they're building for you. Unless you can really come up with a teaching uh, formula for yourself at home, that's what people will look forward to. It's kind of like a personal trainer, for example. Now that I am a personal trainer, I also thought about how can I make myself more useful. Yeah, because this dog is like really going off. <laughs> um, so I try to figure out ways to make myself more useful because I, I I started to ask myself a question. What if I started experiencing people that basically say, "Well, you know what? I could do this by myself." You know, like what, what, how am I, what am I going to do that's going to make me stand out more for somebody to require my services? Because for real, for real, if everybody just started picking up a book or start doing their own research or whatever, there really wouldn't be no use for personal trainers or nutritionists or whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Taste it. <laughs> <laughs> they just smell like straight swamp water for me. Man, now nowadays people are uh, looking at YouTube to find everything. Everything. There's a tutorial for everything on YouTube. So you, people are teaching without the classroom. You know, which, which I do find to be crazy. Though I do 
Um, you respect it. I do respect it because of the fact that one, you're taking initiative to be healthy, period, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going for it. But then now, when you start adding an equipment and certain things to it, then that's where the science comes in for those who really took the time to study this. And that's what that's the type of point that I wanted to make as well. Is just like if somebody is going to take the time to research it and teach it that's what is being paid for at school <laughs> it's dope man so you know that's that's literally what it is that you're paying for you're paying for somebody to go and do research they're basically training to teach you the same exact thing so it's just like now nah, I've learned it. Now you're gonna have to learn it too. It's basically it's kind of like um it's a contradictory cycle for real, for real. Because you're basically you're putting yourself in positions in a classroom with other people to be trained just the same way as this person was trained and how they think. Because you're still gonna have to do the work regardless. Right, you're gonna have to do work regardless. So you know, but those for those who go to colleges and who are in school, I always still encourage you guys to go because, you know, it's still useful. Yep. It's useful for experience. Yeah. It, it, it does more than just teach you for that specific subject or anything. You know, it's also building a character within you right. as well. And, and it might keep you less depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And what I have also realized is that if you want to work for yourself and do freelance work or something like that and sort of build up your career, build up your portfolio and still kind of make a nice chunk of change, um, you're going to need some kind of certificate or a degree. A lot of um, a lot of people expect that uh, to be in your resume. And yeah, you can maybe skate by on your experience but um, in the in the real world, in the business world, in the career world, nothing's going to top a bachelor's degree, a master's, or or even an associate degree. Even if you just go to the community college, that looks better on your resume than nothing at all. And, and that's what I've learned. Um, the simple fact that I want to be a writer and um, I don't have anything published. So people are going to be looking at me like, well, where's your resume? Where, where's your degree? Where's your certificate or something like that? What do you have to offer that's going to make me hire you? And yeah, I might be the best storyteller of my generation or something like that. That's really not going to matter without the, the know-how to back up what I'm saying. You know, I have to have some kind of credentials. So what I've experienced in some in some jobs, and of course for higher jobs, there's going to be some that are going to really look at the qualifications on your resume. There's a lot of jobs out there right now that are not even looking at that. They're just looking at like, okay, well, I would look and see if I can find any hint of you having some type of experience that relates to the job, and that's it. But they, a lot of people don't take a look at the references or what came before those particular experiences or anything and so they kind of bypass that i've also heard people who actually 
got degrees and it's just going to waste. Right. They're working at... But that's because people have have. gotten degrees without for things that they don't have a passion for. Yeah. If you want to get a degree and you have a passion for writing or theater get a degree for what you have a passion for and then go pursue that passion as a career don't get a degree for business and you don't have a you don't have a passion for business life always changes like at the time that's probably what something that you want to do and then when you got to it or whatever you find a brick wall and so when you you hit that brick wall you realize well i paid all this money for this degree just to do just this this and this now you get into the settling phase you want them like, well, I paid this, so I have to do something with it instead of this piece of paper hanging up on my wall all the time. Because now you want to make sure that became an investment. You're still paying off the debts for it, but you still want to bring money in for it as well. I think even then you should still find some type of joy that's going to make you want to pursue Understood. that. Now, for some people, for some people, they are pursuing what it is that they, they felt at the time that they wanted to pursue. And then, after a while, it's just like, well, this is not for me anymore. So, that happens. And then there's just people who just, like, go into colleges because, you know, that's what the family says that they should do or whatever. Life changes. Now, if that's what you want to go for, if you want to take that chance, sure. Like, I'm not going to knock you for that. I'm but not now, there's, there's, there's plenty of things out there that could teach you things. And honestly, if, if you're just going for the challenge of your mind, then I will always implore somebody to stop by and pick up a book. Like now, honestly, back then, of course, I never found myself to be into a book. I couldn't stand it. It's just like I had to keep still, focus on it and everything. And I still have that bit of the issue now because like I just got so much other stuff going on. But now, one of the hobbies that I found out that I'm getting more interested in is just going to the bookstore and picking up a book. But now I'm picking up stuff that I can invest in. I'm making sure that the books that I'm purchasing now are actually going to be something that is going to be knowledge for me to be hands-on for somebody else that either don't know how to do it or are not willing to do it. Now I can make money off of that. So you could always go out and get the knowledge that you need for whatever it is you want to do it's just it's literally about learning how to pinpoint that knowing where you want to focus all that energy on and like like i said it's easier to go to school and have somebody else write the algorithm for you because you don't you don't know how to you know put the formula out or you just don't have the time or the patience for it so you're just like all right well i'm gonna go to school for this 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 I can say something to what you said about how life changes because I remember when me and my sisters we would get together and we would talk about when we grow up how we were going to go to college we were going to be the first in our family to go to college the first generation blah 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 and none of that happened none of us my youngest sister graduated high school and the three oldest sisters myself my sister Christina and my sister Christian all of us ended up dropping out at one point or another and um that's to say that life got in the way you know for me it was uh, it had to do with my grief and my loss for my father 
and I'm sure that played a big part for the other girls to my sisters but then they ended up having children you know you, you know teen mom pregnancy happened and stuff like that and then it wasn't necessarily about them anymore they had these babies to raise so uh yeah I can totally agree with you know you make plans and you have dreams and goals and aspirations but not everything is necessarily going to go your way yeah nothing nothing works out I want to say, man, I was watching the Venus and Serena. I was watching King Richard, and it made me cry for two reasons. First reason was the fact that I love my father, and my father passed away when I was 20. But growing up, he wasn't there. Like I'm not, and I'm I'm not going to say anything negative about my father. I love my father, and he was a better father than most fathers out here. But he could have been around a little bit more than what he was. And I understand, even even growing up, no matter how much I wish he was around, I understood he had his own personal demons that he was fighting that kept him away from us. Um, so it made me, you know, it made me cry for that reason because they, they had to get a damn good daddy. Second reason it made me cry was because I remember growing up being similar in age to Venus and Serena and just being proud being a proud you know little African American black girl and knowing that you could do anything and it's because of them or because of women like them that you kind of set goals for yourself and stuff like that oh I want to be like such and such I want to be like my hero and things like that and again, life gets in the way, you know, for whatever reason, you kind of forget about those dreams and those aspirations and the stuff that gave you motivation in the first place. Indeed, indeed. So, trying to figure out where my mind was about to go. Um... <laughs> Well, so what we collected so far from this was basically um, there's several different ways to get the job done. We either, it's not just that one straight path. Um, dare to be different. Dare to look in a different uh, direction and, you know, figure out what works for you for for this particular subject that we're on. Um, trying to get back onto the anxiety piece. Um I would say for me, when it comes to my anxiety, being creative definitely helps a lot with alleviating a lot of my stress and anxiety. I would think what for a lot of people being creative um, comes from the anxiety, um, the negative experiences that you went through. Like for me definitely. personally, <clears throat> me personally, so to share how I got started with one, doing podcasts, two, ever deciding to be on camera for anything. I've always thought about like, oh, well, maybe I should be on YouTube and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But never stepped forward for it. Mm-hmm. But what got me involved was one, you know, my cousin. And he started introducing me to his homies. What really took that lift off was the fact that I was on my deathbed 
And so my cousin heard about it. I was going through a lot of shit from the most previous relationship I was dealing with. Uh, this young lady knew how to really take me through a hell of a ringer. And so it got literally to a point where I was facing death. And I've tried to take my life before, but I literally, it was close enough that I felt like I could kiss death. And so after going through all the treatments that were required for me to get through that moment, uh, my mom was like, hey, yeah, uh, you remember your cousin Michael? I was like, yeah, yeah. And, and so me and my cousin, we've, every time we spent time with each other, it was, it was always a cool experience. But it was like one of those types of uh, bonds where it was just like, I'll see you when I see you on the next family reunion type of thing. But now our bond actually grew closer where we see each other on more of a regular basis because the first time I actually went to go see him and spent time with him, it was all inspiring. The, the vibe was different. Of course, I was in a very vulnerable spot and also in a dark place. But when I went to talk to him, it was almost as if I was talking to somebody who was not from this earth. Like the advice he gave me. He was listening. For one, he was listening to sound frequencies. That was just his mantra in the basement, yes. which also became a mantra for mine. I was, I was into stuff like that before. I was always native. I was into stones, crystals, and everything like that. But I wasn't like in depth with it. But it was just me because I'm native. I've always had that within me, and I never knew why. I'm big on, you know, the outdoors and stuff like that. Exactly. And so people used to just, like, talk down, oh, man, go out running, go into the great outdoors, and no, it's just too much. To me, it was life. Just right. because. And now I'm starting to, now I actually have names to put on that. But when I went met up with him, he was just explaining stuff to me. He's like, I, I was explaining the story to him as if he didn't already know. But he was just, he sat, he listened, he was like, yeah, man, you know, I know everything already, but I'm glad that you were able to get it all out. I'm glad you felt comfortable enough to share with me and so on and so forth. And then so just that feeling, it felt like, I call it the hyperbolic time chamber. Mm -hmm. It literally felt like so much time went by and I progressed so much from just that one day. And then when I left, I was like, man, I gotta go see him again. Like, I felt great. I felt good. Like, whatever vibe he had going on, I wanted more. And so it just became a thing now. And now, even if the vibe didn't feel the same, it got me thinking, what if? What if? Like, I could miss out on something, so I'm going to keep going back type of thing. Then he started introducing me to his homies. And then, so I just figured, well, why try to do, why try not to do something positive? I was still in a dark place, still battling thoughts and feelings and heartache and everything. But I was just like, all right, well, why don't I just try to put something in the way? And so I, you know, his friends had cameras and stuff. And I wasn't the type of person like, no, fuck that. I don't want to be on camera. No, I was just like, all right, cool. And see, what made it awesome for my experience is because he saw something. Basically, he was my Mickey and I was Rocky. Yes. And I don't know the name. I forgot the name of Tyson's trainer, but I was Tyson and he was the Tyson's trainer. Mm -hmm. So he was like, yeah, I see this in you and I'm like, use it. And I know exactly how to use it. Like, so we started doing uh, videos. Uh, like, Is it Don King? 
that the dude, the promoter nah, dude? Nah, we don't want to use Doc, and that's not the one we want to use. It was the one who, literally, there was a trainer. Oh, right, the he, guy, the yeah, guy that raised Literally, them. like, there's literally a guy that, you know, like, Mike said himself, he basically hypnotized me. He knew how to use me in the right way. He showed me so much, and now it actually gave Mike more to fight for. It gave him hope. So, and and that's where it came from with me. Like, my cousin decided that, he was like, you know what? I know me and you, we've had similar places and similar plans. I'm not entirely with you on everything that you went through, but we've had a lot in, in common. So he's just like, I'm going to start. I got, a, I got a project coming up, and I want to use you for it. So he started using me for a lot of things. He had a video out there called Seep. I was able to play two different type of personalities. And I was able to see the dark side of myself looking at the normal self who was going through the troubles type of thing. Literally, uh, if you was to see the video, you know what I'm talking about. So I started doing stuff like that. And so it allowed me to vent. Then it got me on a head start of me wanting to step forward to doing more because also when I was going through these troubles especially with the girl there was always this feeling of you gotta talk about it you wanna talk about it you don't wanna keep it under wraps yeah, especially gotta let it out yeah especially not just for yourself but also what I was going through there was the girl had the higher advantage because everybody would listen to her and it was always more of her side of the story being told now, when there were certain things that I wanted to say, I was even advised by my side, my family, to say, Mark, it's probably best that you don't say anything. Because right now, you're going through legal issues with this girl and everything. It's probably best that you don't say nothing at all. It was bad enough that I didn't want to say nothing because I was convinced not to say nothing about the girl because I tried to keep her safe. But that was just manipulation. Now, I'm being censored. And it just made it worse. And it, it allowed me to build a sense of acrimony and resentment because now nobody knew the truth of everything that was going on. It was just that they were able to see the things that I was doing that looked bad, but nobody knew why I was doing these things. So it was kind of like an abuse from behind closed doors. So I kind of had some type of situation like that. Like when I lived, there, I lived across the street. You remember when I lived across the street? Uh -huh. the, the person that she was very manipulative. She was older than me, uh -huh. like ten years older than me. Um, so basically, everyone was everyone knew, and no one would tell me that she was like kind of going around sleeping with people, but really just using me. Um, and like everyone knew, but they they would look at me. And like not say anything. Like, mm. what is he doing? But That's the worst. But they'll talk much each other. But me being the empath, I already knew. Mm. Like when someone look at me and like, yeah, I can tell by the expression on your face that something's going on. And people don't realize that's a triggering factor too. Yeah, it really is. Like when you feel certain things, like it's like I can feel it. Yeah, like you you know what's being said. And it's just like, I'm not stupid, but at the same time, when it comes for me, when I have feelings like that, it's just like, 
do I want to say anything? Because now what they're going to probably try to do is they're probably going to try to deflect and make it seem like I'm, I'm over exaggerating. No, no. That, and thing is, everybody would have been with me. If I would have just came out and just said something, mm. everybody would have been with me. I just didn't. That that sounds weird to me because they they would have taken your side. They would have taken your side yeah. if you would have said something, but let yet yeah, they kept it from you. Right. I attempted to keep it from you. Right. That's why. I st- that's why. Where I'm at now. You know. That's that's I, crazy. I, I, I won the friends. Wow. Yeah. Yep. They knew her for for years, like as kids. And, you know, they they protect each other, like. And that that happened, and like, I'm like. I'm trying to get out of here. Like, fuck it. I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to, you know, don't want to deal with that. And then that lets me being in the house by myself. Everyone left and left me there. So I'm stuck there by myself with this this bill, um, gas and electric, and I'm just here. Can't pay my rent because I ain't got enough money. And I have a dog. Um... Yeah, I went crazy. I started putting holes in the wall, punching holes in the wall and stuff. You know. Just now, you're you're basically trying to make sense of the situation. And, you, and it, it was difficult to put it in a physical form at the time. Right. So, everything that you're calculating into your head, it started to implode. Yeah, I was like, that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 see, and, and that's troublesome, man. Like, I, see, the thing is... A lot of things could always be avoided by the simplest little bit of stuff. And that's like why I operate the way I operate, especially at work. Now, I could say that I can't stand my job all day. But one thing is, I won't allow something to be somebody else's problem either. If I have the ability to take a second to either diminish the magnitude of it or completely eviscerate it, I will. Because that's, I've one, I believe in karma. And everything will come in a full circle type of thing. But here's the thing. <clears throat> Sometimes karma can come in the form of whoever it is that you deal with. They're going to be dealing with that problem. But now they become a problem for you. So it's like literally it's just like it's, it's going to domino effect. Oh, you let, let me tell you, she got karma immediately. <laughs> like she... um. Recently, I, I was like, you know what? I'm making money. I drove her around. She was paying me money, right? She was paying me money. So she jipped me for 60 bucks, right? Oh, I think I remember. Really? Yeah, she jipped, this is recently. She jipped me for 60 bucks. Wow. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm trying to help you. I'm, you know, like, why, why not? And given our history, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do any of this. Like, I'm just being me. Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm not, I, like, I have it in my head. I won't allow a situation to change my personality because just because someone has done something to me doesn't mean I have to react negative negative same way you know I can just it's, it's not like ch- turning another cheek but I'm just going to advance to be better than you and you're right. going to see that um, so when I was with this woman I was 380 pounds I'm 259 uh, pounds now mm. you know and congratulations on you know on that Yep. transformation and on coming because I I know that you're still working on that too. So yep. 
Uh, yeah, I went back to wrestling, um, back to her comma. So she dipped me on my sixty bucks. She had to, she had to get a um, that that gas and electric bill came back up for the house. Someone had to pay it, and she needed to pay. It was in her name. I'm not paying it. Uh, she needed it. She needed to pay just so she can get her her housing because she just got housing from. Um, this, the county, um, her voucher. So in order for her to get the apartment, uh-huh. she has to have a valid BGME bill. Well, instant karma. She didn't get it. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, instant karma. Yeah, you always gotta do. You gotta remember, man. Like you just gotta be careful of what it is that you do to people. And if you do recognize it, because you did somebody wrong, then you know sometimes it's. It's a simple fix with just an apology, but not just don't say I'm sorry. You really have to genuinely mean it because actions are gonna have to come behind that as well. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, like people, people remember a lot of things, and then sometimes even though they have the intentions to still be a better person, that doesn't mean that they're still gonna fall hand and foot for you either. You know. So you you just always wanna you wanna do better. It, it, it's always a full cycle of things. Whether it's gonna come from the person you did it to, or somebody who's closer to you, like go ahead. And the thing is, you don't you don't want to live a lifestyle where if you actually do believe in that type of stuff, you don't always want to have to look over your shoulder all the time. Trust and believe. Like one of the greatest deal of karmas that I had was when I had my relationship with Crystal, and like, just to be totally transparent and honest, like there were times like. Our relationship was not always the best either. And the first few years was horrible. Argumentative. Very argumentative. And it was really bad. But then over time, like when I went through my stuff, and it and I went through the sim I went through similar things before, but afterwards it was like a reminder, like, yo, like you went through this. And this is what you did, or whatever. So, like, this is what's happening, man. And so, uh, even if it wasn't like for karma, the karma was my mind itself, where it was just like, man, like, I can't help but think, is this because of like what happened? And I thought, you know, because when me and Crystal separated, we separated on good terms, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's over. You're still gonna get your karma, bro. So, you know, uh, I couldn't help but think like, man, you know, this is occurring. I'm dealing with this, with this girl or whatever, or it's just my luck or whatever the case may be. And it just, it basically, when you have a conscience, you would think, well, damn, like, you're going to try to make sense of the situation because you're always going to, you're going to ask, why me? Why am I going through this? What for? And sometimes you even think as far back as you can and like try to make sense of it. Like, man, boy, this is probably it. This is right here. Right. And so there are certain things that I realized that I haven't said to Crystal. Like, I've, I've always I've always apologized, but I don't think I gave a good enough apology where it could have just deaded everything for her because she probably could have been still going through something. And that occurred to me. I was like, you know what? She's probably still going through something that is longer lasting for me right now and it made me think like well maybe this is what she went through so let me give her this in case she's still dealing with it so i was like you know 
I know this is probably long overdue, but at the same time, I want to give it to you anyway. If this gives you any type of solace, I apologize for this. I apologize for that. If that's all you needed, you know, I'm sorry I've held on to it for so long type of thing. And so, like, it gave a release. Not, I mean, for me, it was just like, you know, I wanted to do what was right. For her, she probably just got the hell of a release because, you know, she was like super appreciative of it. She was like, thank you. And certain stuff like that you want to do anyway. But also, if you know for a fact that you did somebody wrong and you just think, all right, well, I'm going to just live my best life, whatever, because it's no, no bro. No. It's no. sometimes like it'll catch up with you to the normal man, it'll catch up to you. For those who are aware, and know how to do other things because this I'm, I'm discovering that there's other new things you can do to kind of diminish what's about to be sprinkled on top of it. Right. That that last person is actually common for me. Yeah. Yes, it was common. Yeah. Like you, you always want to be aware. Like you have to be conscious of your decisions at all times, man. Like and like we're all we're put into this earth where literally we are the common so we we are the gravity of this world that really puts everything in the full circle we are the pieces we are the the powerful beings that put everything into full fruition and so it, it can it always can be passed on or like i said the coincidental sequence will happen where you experience something, but you can't help but think of what it is that you did. Yeah. And ergo, there's the yeah, karma. The karma. So, it's like... so it's yeah, man. You just you just want to pay attention to the things that you say and do out here, man, because it matters. Every little thing matters. Yeah. You know, and that 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 contributes to a lot of people's anxieties. Like, that's where anxiety comes from, the trauma and the experiences. Like, some people literally would just, like, have a bomb life. And it just takes that one person who wants to be out there, ignorant as hell. And then now, like, if they go to CVS, I went to CVS just to pick up my prescription. And there's this one person that's just start waving a gun around or just start trashing the whole place. Trauma. Boom. I'm never going back to a CVS. Yeah, I don't want to go to a CVS. Right. Or Walgreens, none of them. Yeah, or now I feel like I got to carry something with me. And then now that's a prompt into another journey, uh, to the journey sequence. And the next thing you know, something could come of you carrying something around. It's literally, everything is a domino effect. Like, George Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. His anxiety for black people. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think? How do you think that happened? His anxiety. Yeah. So, yeah. like, everything is... is it's a domino effect and also certain things I, I, I want to say this before we end up coming to a close um, I use the, the word effect with a lot of stuff that domino effect and also there's another one what I call the butterfly effect. yes the butterfly effect yes I, I call this the uh, what, what I mean by the butterfly effect is so there are people out there that would try to manipulate or alter certain things that really had no business to be altered in the first place. They'll they'll push it just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Manipulation is definitely uh, a son of a bitch to deal with for certain things. Like, if it's not the natural flow of things, why why, why change it? And so, that too can also bring karma. Um, Again, referring to the relationship that I dealt with, 
I know there was uh, a lot of manipulation that was happening, whether it was intentional or not. There was obviously some manipulation that was happening uh, from the woman I was dealing with, and it didn't work entirely into her favor. And also, there was a previous relationship that was quite similar to it as well. Um, when you try to alter things and try to take control of stuff, sometimes it's not always going to work in your favor, or at least eventually it's going to explode in your face. So, I had I had a girlfriend one time where it got bad. And so she was like, if basically, when we were just arguing, and I was just going to step away. She was like, if you leave out that door, don't come back or I'm breaking up with you type of thing. And she knew that was the type of thing to keep me in place. Because she knew I didn't want to lose the relationship. But the problem is, she didn't know what it was that she was keeping in her residence either. There's a reason why I wanted to walk away. Which was for the benefit of you and myself. But now you got somebody who you wanted to control. And you felt like you were powerful at that time. And she said it herself. And this should have been a super red flag for me. And I noticed it, but I just kept, just kept moving on with it. She said, I like the monster that you are, but only when it's to other people and not me. So it was just like, I love to have this big dog on the leash, but as long as it's at my command. As long as it's at my command. Once it starts snapping at me, that's when it's a problem. And that's how we are. So it's just like, you know, we all like to have our dogs. We always like to have the beasts until it's no longer our man's best friend. So <laughs> you bit, you tell you bit. Yeah. So and then you want to put them to sleep. So it, that's how, like kind of like what I what it was that I dealt with. It was just like I dealt with somebody who wanted to manipulate and have control, and it's just like it's not your place to do such things. I don't care what your entitlement is. Just like it's the same way for me. It's not for me to try to control anything. The most I can probably do is try to do something positive. But if you try to control the situation with something negative, you're going to get that back three times as more. You know, and that's what I would call the butterfly effect. You don't try to change nothing because you don't know what is really going to distort. Let the natural flow of things go and it's going to pass through. And then it could get better because you don't know what the future is already before you try to rewrite history. You know what I'm saying? You're already trying to rewrite history. You don't already know. You don't know what's in store for you. And the best part about the future is once it's already done, it's done. Fuck it. Don't try to go back in time and try to fix it. The future is now is the present. Now is the past. <laughs> They're like that. That is a hell of a superpower to have to try to go back into history, try to change shit. Like dog, that's that we could fuck a lot of shit up. Yeah. A lot of unfortunate things did have to happen. Or they probably happened because somebody tried to alter something at that present time. Um, but that's just about it that I have to say. Is there any quick things that you know anybody would like to add on into this piece before we come to a close? Nope, not at all. No. I know for our listeners, we've jumped all over the place. <laughs> Um, that's typical for me on every podcast that I've been on because it's just so much to say and so much to include and the the world is our oyster, if you will. Um, but we just learned about trying not to manipulate, trying not to you will be careful what we say or do. Basically, just try to be the best you. Be 
because literally what you put into somebody else, it can go out into the world and you're just making the world worse than what it already is. So if you want to be, if you want to see change in this world, be the change that you want to see in this world. Um, my name is Mark Anthony. Mr. Wendell. Crystal Charlotte. And uh, this is a piece on 30 plus late and we are out of here. <laughs>